The State of Recruiting is brought to you by 24-7 Sports and the Horns 24-7 Network of Podcasts. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on the podcast platform of your choice. We also invite you to listen to the other great shows on the Horns 24-7 Network, including The Flagship with Taylor Estes and Chip Brown and The Longhorn Blitz with Jeff Howe and Rod Babers. Thanks for listening. Now on to the show. All right, welcome to this week's episode of The State of Recruiting, your weekly Horns 24-7 recruiting podcast. I'm Mike Roach, and I'm joined, as always, by Nick Harris. Uh, And we are back after a little bit of a layoff. It's been vacations. It's been uh, travel, all sorts of things. So uh, we're we're back to you for uh, a recap of uh, our weekends uh, out on the 7-on-7 fields across the country. Uh, But before we get into that, Nick, how's it going? Uh, going pretty good. I'm sitting here watching a little bit of sleet start to fall, so I guess we're getting one last snow in before uh, uh, before we head into the spring. So I, I'm not thrilled about it, but it is what it is. Yeah, I'm not a big not a big snow guy at all. Um, you know, we're tropical people down here in Texas, so uh, I'd rather just stay that way. Um, we're going to get into kind of the big weekends that that we both had. You were out in Houston at a seven on seven event. I was in Las Vegas. We're talking depth about both of those. Kind of look at the out-of-state picture for Texas um, and what those guys look like, and then uh, look at the 2024 quarterback race and and how it's shaping up. But uh, let's jump right in with your experience. You were down at the Shock Doctor tournament in Houston. Uh, I believe it, either of our first exposure to Shock Doctor as a seven-on-seven brand. Um, what was was there anything unique about what they did? Uh, it was really well run, a, a really solid organization. They uh, they set us up great. It's one of the few, uh, one of the only couple of seven on seven tournaments I've gone to where um, about a week in advance, they sent out as many rosters as they had. So it just made it our job a lot easier when we got there, because if any of you have ever been to a seven on seven tournament or maybe familiar with the process, it's just kind of a run around to try to figure out who's there, who's not there, who's playing when. But it was really organized and, and they, they made sure it, it was so. Shout out to Shock Doctor. It was only their second tournament they've ever put on um, and their first one in Texas. So uh, looking forward to get back out to one of those. Um, But talking about the weekend in general, uh, there was a lot of a lot of teams in from around the country. Uh, We could start with the team that came in from Southern California, uh, the SoCal Stars, uh, led by five star quarterback Malachi Nelson. Uh, He was a lot of fun to watch going into the weekend. My favorite seven on seven quarterback of all time. Actually, Mike, do you want to guess who my favorite seven on seven quarterback of all time was before going into the weekend? I think you might be surprised a little bit. Um, Is it somebody that played select seven on seven or are you just counting? It's someone we know very well. Was it Garrett Nussmeyer? It was Garrett Nussmeyer. I loved watching Nussmeyer spin it for flex a couple of years ago. Even if it was during that COVID year, he was still able to get some uh, some work in. It was a lot of fun to watch him work. Um, but uh, after this weekend, I think it's Malachi Nelson. Uh, he was putting balls in places that you know I, you just don't really see uh, it, all over the field, uh, across his body, different arm angles. I, it was just a ton of fun to watch, and he operates at such a, a quick but calm pace. Um, I, I really loved watching him work. He had a, his high school teammate, five-star athlete, Makai Lemon, there with him as well. He was fun to watch. And as well as five-star edge, Mateo Uyangalale, the uh, younger brother of DJ Uyangalale, the starting quarterback for Clemson. And uh, Texas is in the race for him. So he's uh, he made a visit last year for for uh, the Oklahoma State game, I believe. Was it the one you were at, Mike? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He also came back, I want to say – didn't he come back in January with that Bosco group that came through? 
Um, he's been there a couple times. He's been there at least twice. He has been there at least twice. Um, but uh, talking to him, just kind of where his recruitment is at right now, Texas is in the picture, but I believe they're probably on the outside looking in if we're talking contenders. Um, Ohio State, Alabama, USC, uh, and, of course, Clemson have, have made him a big priority. I think if Mateo uses all five of his official visits, that Texas could probably sneak in and get that fifth one. Uh, but they would need that to happen before I would feel, you know, any sort of confidence about Texas in this recruitment moving forward. But nevertheless, um, they've done a really good job of at least staying involved. Uh, Bo Davis has built a pretty strong relationship with him and his family. Um, and we'll just see how that one, you know, uh, we'll see how that one shakes out. Um, looking around at the rest of the guys that were there, uh, we can we can stay out of state and talk about um, Jordan Matthews, the four-star corner at uh, uh, Baton Rouge Woodlawn. We'll get into him a little bit more later, but I got to talk to him over the weekend. I really like where Texas sits in his, in his recruitment. Um, and then talking about some in-state guys, uh, it was it was a who's who of, uh, of guys in-state. We could start with Ruben Owens, the five-star running back out of El Campo. Um, he's going to take quite a few visits here in the spring, uh, but I am uh, – I still like where Texas sits in that race moving forward. Um, you know, Texas A&M is making a good push. Georgia is probably the number two, I would say, in this recruitment right now. They're making a very strong push behind uh, Kirby Smart and running back coach uh, Del McGee. Um, you know, as visits shake out over the course of the next few months, I think we'll start to get a more clear picture of where things stand. But as I see right now, I, I still like where Texas is. And we could potentially see his timeline move up to before his senior season. He's starting to kind of talk like uh, he wants to have it done before he plays a senior season of football just so he can have it out of the way. Um, uh, and before then, it was doing it at the All-American Bowl. So that would certainly help Texas's chances, I would, I would imagine. Um, looking around, uh, Ryan Niblett, the uh, four-star receiver slash athlete out of uh, Aldine Eisenhower, um, he left Texas out of his top schools list. Uh, I believe that was earlier this month. And, you know, that kind of left some Texas fans surprised and it even surprised me a little bit. I figured Texas would at least be in that grouping just because I believe they were only his second or third offer. Um, but uh, they, they didn't make that list. Uh, but since then, he's re-added them to the uh, his top schools list. And he's starting to talk to Brennan Marion a ton more. And when I asked him about why, you know, they were left off initially and, you know, why they were re-added, he was like, man, I just forgot them whenever I did my edit. So take that for what you will. But nevertheless, Texas is still in the race moving forward. Um, he hasn't taken any visits really at all. So he's going to take a visit to Alabama on March 5th. He'll get out to Texas uh, this spring. And we'll start to see some things really shake out once those visits get going. Um Let's see. Uh, DJ Lagway. This is a, a, a another one we'll get into probably later. Uh, but the uh, 2024 quarterback out of Willis is starting to really emerge as a fun 2024 uh, quarterback here in the state of Texas. You know, Dylan Rayola moving to Arizona. I would probably say that Lagway is probably my favorite 2024 signal caller in the state right now. Um, just uh, he's improving every single time I see him. I've seen him four times now, and every time I see him, there's a, just a different layer that he's added or something that he's improved on. And uh, he was doing that once again for Fast Houston this past weekend. Really like where his development is at right now. And he's, he's uh, staying in communication with Texas despite not holding an offer. Uh, so that's definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, Braylon James, four-star receiver out of Del Valley. Um, you know, that's a, and we could pair this one with Mikhail Harrison Pilot, the four-star receiver out of uh, Temple as well. Um, or four-star athlete, excuse me. Uh, both of those guys probably have Texas on the outside looking in, um, probably in the fourth or fifth, I would say. Uh, with both of those recruits, Notre Dame is doing a solid job. Stanford is doing a solid job. Uh, Houston is doing a really good job for Harrison Pilot. Uh, so Texas probably has a little bit more work to do with those uh, a couple of uh, local prospects. Um, and then uh, let's see, we can wrap on um, 
Kadavian Dotson, who is a four-star safety, 2024 out of Duncanville. Uh, this is a guy I think me and Mike talked about so much during the season. And then he finally landed an offer during um, uh, during the junior day visit in January. And uh, he talked up Texas quite a bit, has a very strong relationship with Chris Gilbert. He, uh, he used to go to school in Lancaster ISD where Chris Gilbert coached before he uh, made the move to Texas. Um, so there's definitely a strong relationship with him and Coach Gilbert. And uh, I think that'll, you know, really help Texas down the road in that recruitment. Uh, why don't you also speak on our young child, Andrew Marsh, um, who you and I uh, found at the uh, All-American Combine, and it sounds like he torched the competition this weekend. Yeah, I, I would love to give a little bit of context to Andrew Marsh as well. So me and Mike, during the uh, National Combine in San Antonio, uh, during All-American Bowl week, um, the National Combine is just a hodgepodge of random recruits from across the country and even some international recruits come in. And there's about, what, 300 to 400 on the field at one time. So it's really just trying to find a needle in a haystack. And uh, we uh, were watching some one-on-ones between receivers and DBs. And there was this kid with a little blonde patch in his hair uh, just tearing up at DBs in all age groups. And uh, we pulled him to the side and basically said, who are you? And he's a 2025 wide receiver, Andrew Marsh, out of Katy Jordan, uh, one of the newer uh, schools in Katy ISD. And he, I, I believe we had him as the receiver MVP at the end of the day uh, on 24-7 sports. I know he made our all-combine team. Um, but he's now playing a seven-on-seven with Ruben Owens' team, uh, the, the Texas uh, the Texas Stars. And he, he was once again pretty good. Um, he made a really acrobatic one-handed catch in the semifinal against the SoCal Stars that blew up on Twitter. Um, I, I think his time is definitely going to be coming. Um, he, he still is young. He still has some physical development to uh, – uh, to go through, but um, nevertheless, I think he's going to be one of the more fun options in, in the 2025 class. But uh, talking about the Texas Stars reminded me that I missed one. Uh, Tayshawn Wilson, the uh, um, corner out of Katie Maid Creek, um, he was once again a lot of fun. He's just really uh, – he, he's locked down, and despite being 5'9", he's still really physical. He makes it really difficult for receivers, and he closes really fast. Um, he had a play on Mateo Uyangale in the semifinal where he just jumped up and batted the ball out of the air. And there wasn't many uh, uh, corners that were able to do that throughout the weekend. So I like where his uh, development is going. And Texas is in a good spot with him as well as Baylor. Um, so uh, we'll see how that one shakes out down the road. You know, Malachi Nelson, that's a day one Mike Roach guy. Um, and yeah, yeah, his dad made sure I, I knew that too throughout the weekend. It was awesome. Um, I always laugh just because I randomly met that kid when he was in eighth grade at a Tom Herman uh, California camp and I uh, was like, hey, this is the best quarterback here and he's in eighth grade. And so uh, Malachi's always kind of remembered that. And so every time I see him, it's uh, we have a good laugh about it. All right. Well, Nick, uh, yeah, you had a loaded group. I had a loaded group out in uh, Las Vegas for Battle 7 on 7. I uh, went out there with the other members of the 24-7 uh, Sports National Team. Brandon Huffman and Chris Singletary and Blair Angulo. And we had a good weekend. I mean, it was, man, it was, uh, you know, at its hottest, it probably got to about 78 or 79 and, you know, only got down to about 50. So it was a uh, really good weather. Um, you know, we could, uh, we could see a bunch of guys all in one field. It was a good setup. I really like the way battle does their setup as well. Um, side so battle Dallas coming soon, but uh, we'll jump right in. It was a pretty loaded, group um we'll start with deandre moore uh from 
also from Los Alamitos, the other teammate of Makai Lemon and uh, Malachi Nelson. He was out in Vegas playing with the OG Ducks, his kind of youth organization, uh, which got back together uh, with all the brought all the guys back together from the youth organization. And I think Texas, I, I said it over the weekend, I think Texas is in this one. I think they're pretty deep in this one. I, you know, I can't tell you maybe what position they are. They're in the top five. Um, and I would say they're probably towards the top half of the top five. I think that they've done a fantastic job uh, with DeAndre Moore since he decommitted from Oklahoma. He's re- he really likes um, uh, Britton Marion. He's got a relationship with Jeff Banks going back to his eighth grade year uh, and Steve Sarkeesian as well. And he is as explosive as it gets. He he gets off the line like a drag racer. You know, like there's just so much torque and explosion when he takes off and everything when he, you know, in and out of his breaks, it's just so much. It's, it's almost like you can hear the gears shifting um, as he goes and, and, and the power builds. He's just so real, you know, really impressive to watch when he runs his routes. He attacks the ball well. Um, you know, he's a guy that you can throw something to him underneath in seven on seven and he can run away from everybody or he can go up over the top and get it. I also really like him as a defensive back. He played safety uh, over the weekend and uh, I, I think he really fits there as well. I, he's a, he's just a really good, good player. Um, you know, it's it's kind of USC, Texas, Louisville, Alabama and Oregon. Those are the, the schools that he mentioned most and the schools that as of right now would get an official visit. Um, he's been to Austin last summer. He's close friends with Larry Turner Gooden and Malik Murphy. Um, so he's talked to them, and uh, I would expect him back for an official visit this year. By the way, Louisville, get ready to hear that. Um, everybody I talked to out on the West Coast is talking about Louisville. So uh, I, I'm not sure exactly why, but um, get ready to hear that quite a bit as we kind of go through this. Uh, the next guy I was able to see was five-star uh, Miami Golver prep wide receiver Jalen Brown. Brown was probably my favorite offensive player I saw last year in the seven-on-seven circuit. He came to Dallas with the Miami Immortals and was incredible uh, in that tournament and kind of picked up where he left off. He had a track meet um, Friday and Saturday, so he flew in at about 2 a.m. You know, Sunday morning uh, and then got on the field at 9 a.m. Sunday morning and was just out there catching long touchdown passes. He's smooth. He, he runs about 10-5, 10-4. Told me he's shooting for like a 10-3. Uh, personal best this year in the 100. Um, he's long. He can go get the ball. Uh, I really like everything about Jalen Brown. Texas was kind of slow to move on him under Andre Coleman, but they really kind of turned it up under Brendan Marion. Marion actually worked Jalen Brown out during a camp last year at FIU while he was at Pitt. Um, so the two are familiar with one another. Brown and his father are planning uh, a visit to Austin uh, this spring, and I could see him returning for an official visit in the fall. Uh, Jonte Cook, of course, is a name we've talked about here a ton. Uh, Jonte is, um, you know, he's just going through going through the process right now. He's going to go see a bunch of schools. He wants to go, you know, he wants to get the most out of the process. But I can tell you that Texas is in a very good spot. Um, I, I would say Texas is probably still in the top spot. I just think that in the end, they've got a lot of the links that, uh, you know, to that recruitment uh, through Chris Gilbert, um, who, who's really close with his parents and grew up with his father. Uh, Brennan Marion's done a really good job. Steve Sarkeesian and, and Jeff Banks have done a really good job building that relationship. So I really like where Texas stands. I would say it's probably Texas is to screw up at this point. Um I just think that I just think that they they remain kind of in that in that good spot. Jimbo Fisher in, in Damian Craig at A and M that's the school that probably would would push the most. 
at this point. That's who Texas is going to have to battle. But I, I just really like where Texas is uh, there. Uh, I'm pretty close to getting the Texas crystal ball in for Kyle Parker from Lovejoy. I just I, I talking to him, you know, it's kind of Texas, Arkansas, Louisville. And um, I, I guess I have a healthy amount of respect for what Arkansas can do in recruiting. Um, and that's kind of what's kept me a, away from putting the crystal ball in. Uh, but I think Texas has done a great job. Um, you know, Brendan Marion targeted Parker basically from the moment he arrived in Austin, offered him almost immediately. And Texas has kind of poured it on. Um, I, you know, it's he, he does like Arkansas a lot. Uh, but he is coming back um, in the spring for, to Austin to visit for the spring game. So, um, I, you know, I, I just really like where Texas stands there. Anthony Hill's a guy that I'm just not sure on at this point. You know, he's got a top six, um, and it's it's. Uh, I, I think Texas is probably in the top group of that top six. But are they better than Texas A&M, or are they better than Oklahoma, who I think have been, you know, doing a really good job in that recruitment? Not to say that, you know – they're behind anybody. I don't know that Anthony hasn't told me any of that. And I haven't heard any of that. I just, the gut feeling I get is that Texas is probably behind those two schools. Um, I could be very much wrong, but I, I just think that I, especially Texas A&M, I think is, is probably the school uh, to watch most with Anthony Hill at this point. Uh, Braxton Myers uh, from Coppell cut his list to 12. He talks to Blake Gideon often. He wants to get down for a visit. I just don't get the feeling he ends up in Austin. He he's really looking out of state. Um, you know, whether it be uh, Michigan or USC or Ole Miss or Florida State. You know, he he's really looking to to go out of state. So uh, I just don't quite see it there. Uh, I did talk to Robbie Washington, the Miami uh, Killian athlete who is electric. Uh, he was playing for the Immortals as well. He does like to chart choice. He, he would like to get to Texas, but a big part of his recruitment is that his brother Bobby is, is kind of a package deal with him, his twin brother. Uh, Texas has offered Bobby, but uh, talking to Bobby, you know, there hasn't been a lot of contact there. The U.S. or I think it was Georgia, Florida State, and Alabama are the three schools that what Robbie mentioned is, is really standing out right now. Um, I, I would be really surprised if he ended up in Texas. So I, did, I just don't think there's a lot to see there. Uh, Peyton Bowen, who's uh, the Denton Geyer safety committed to uh, Notre Dame. He remains in contact with Texas often. I think if Texas could get him on campus, they could probably make, they, they might be able to make a move. Um, I just, you know, you and I both heard Nick that the first visit didn't go very well. Um, and, I think getting him back to campus is going to be the hard part. But I think if they could get him back to campus and show him a different view and a different experience, they might be able to do something there. It's just going to depend on if they can get him. Right now, you know, it's the, the schools he is talking to and, and considering visiting outside of his commitment to Notre Dame are Oklahoma, Alabama, and Texas A&M. So Texas has to get on that list and get in there. Uh, and then finally, a couple of guys I saw this week who don't have offers but I really liked. Uh, Josiah Wagner from uh, he's from the uh, Washington uh, Washington State area. I am blank. Uh, Spanaway Lake is is the name of his town. For me, was probably the best defensive back in attendance. Um, I, I think that you know he matched up really well against Shante Cook. He was probably the only guy that gave Cook uh, you know consistent problems and just a really, you know, he's a 5'11-ish corner. He can play safety. He can play nickel. Uh, but he's a guy that plays way bigger. He plays like an alpha. And he he went out there and he wanted 
every team's top receiver. He told his coach that he took on that, uh, embraced that, and and really rose to the challenge. He was uh, awesome. I would love to see Texas get involved there. And I think Texas could become a player if they get involved there, uh, especially with the hiring of new analyst Joey Thomas, who is from that that Seattle area, was a high school coach there and has ties to, you know, that seven-on-seven program knows those coaches. So I, I think Texas could get in there. Another kid from Air seven-on-seven, which is the same team, uh, is David Wells, a receiver who – I I was I thought for me was the surprise of the tournament. I didn't know who he was, and he was out there just this long, athletic kid making big big catches and uh, big big scores. And so I uh, would love to see Texas get involved for both of those guys. Um, I think that's it from Las Vegas. I uh, <laughs> yeah, it was loaded, and I'm 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 trying to remember if I if I hit all the right notes here. Um, we ate some good food, had some great tacos, of course, at uh, Tacos El Gordo, the greatest taco spot on the planet. Um, and it was, uh, it was a good trip overall. All right. If you're listening on the podcast right now, we're going to take a very small break, and you're going to hear from some of our sponsors. Uh, Nick, let's jump kind of into the out-of-state picture, because we've talked about a lot of out-of-state guys. I guess I would say... Who are two or three out-of-state guys that you could see being serious contenders to land in this class? You know, while you were talking, I was going through the offer list, and I made a list of about 13 guys that are out-of-state that I could see, you know, at at least Texas being a contender for. But if I wanted to whittle it down to probably two or three, um, I'm definitely looking at Jordan Matthews, the four-star corner out of uh, Baton Rouge Woodlawn. Um, Texas has done a phenomenal job with him. He's already been on campus three times. Um, He has family connections to Terry Joseph and his family. Uh, being from Louisiana. So um, his relationship with him is really strong, as well as Steve Sarkeesian. So uh, Texas is doing a really good job with him, talking to him over the weekend. He, he wants to get back. He wants to use an official on Texas. Um, but the chief competitor uh, will probably be Texas A&M. That's another spot he's taken three visits to. He's really uh, a tight with corners coach TJ Rushing. Um, but nevertheless, I think Texas is probably one or two in that race. Uh, LSU has yet to reoffer under the new staff, uh, but if they were, I'm sure they would jump into that top three picture as well. But I really like where Texas sits with uh, with Jordan Matthews moving forward. Um, uh, looking down this list, you could look at Jaleel McClain, um, and that was one you saw over the weekend too, right, Mike? Yeah, uh, I did see Jaleel. Um, he did talk Texas up quite a bit. Actually, uh, as we're recording this, there will be a story dropping today at noon uh, from Jaleel on his comments, but has been to Texas a bunch of times. His mother's from Texas originally, and he basically said, my mom wants me at Texas. So uh, we'll kind of see how that plays out at, at the receiver numbers. But, yeah, I could see him definitely being in the fold. Uh, looking at some other guys, Rico Flores, a four-star receiver out of California. Uh, Folsom, California, I believe. He just dropped a top five yesterday that has Texas in that picture. Um, we, uh, we'll we catch up with him soon, but I, I could see him re- uh, definitely returning to, to Austin during the uh, during the spring. Um, Javen Simpkins, four-star running back out of uh, Florida. Uh, this is one that was committed to Tashar Choice at Georgia Tech uh, whenever a, a Choice was at Georgia Tech. Uh, decommitted before Choice left and has still been in heavy communication with uh, Tashar Choice. If uh, if Texas decides they want to, you know, really pursue him, I think that would be, you know, definitely an option to uh, to have. Uh, Makari Vickers, the four star safety out of Jacksonville, um, it's either Jacksonville or Tallahassee. He, he's from somewhere in, in North Florida. Um, Tallahassee. 
It's Tallahassee. Okay. Uh, four-star safety out of Tallahassee. Um, he's been in contact with Tashar Choice a ton, and Choice was the reason that Vickers made it to Austin for uh, Junior Day back in January. Um, so that's definitely one to watch moving forward. Uh, Rodney Gallagher, four-star athlete out of Pennsylvania, is somebody that uh, Brennan Marion uh, struck up a strong relationship with from his time at Pitt, and uh, that is definitely uh, carried over to his time at Texas. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see if Rodney makes it to Austin during the spring, if they're able to get him on campus, then uh, uh, certainly Texas will be in the picture there. Um, and then looking at a couple other guys, I mean, we could look at Leona Leifau. We've talked about him a ton. Tassili Akana, um, Mike probably has more on that one. Yeah, you know, I, talking to Tassili's dad, they, they always profess a lot of interest. I'd like to see him get back for another visit this, this spring or summer, and then in addition to that, an official visit before I'd feel really good. I agree. Um, also, Roderick Pleasant, was that someone you saw over the weekend? I talked to Roderick. So he was at Pylon in Las Vegas, which was at another site. We didn't get to go, but uh, Roderick said he is planning a visit. Actually, a couple of Sarah guys are planning a visit. I talked to to uh, a bunch of guys, a bunch of friends I met when I went to go see Malik Murphy last year. Uh, younger players on the Sarah team, guys that I really liked, Roderick Pleasant, uh, Jason Mitchell, um, the, those guys uh, and their running back, whose name escapes me, sincere, sincere something. Um, those guys are all planning a visit in the spring to Austin uh, to come see their big brother Malik. So um, I think uh, I think Texas could get in it with Pleasant. They've really got to put the hammer down. I think I think Oregon and USC have both you know jumped out the gates there and have been really strong for him. Uh, two final names I have on this list, both on the defensive line. Um, Kyron Borda out of St. Augustine in New Orleans. Uh, that's someone that Texas has been in on early and has built a you know pretty strong relationship with. I want to see him get to Austin. I think if he does, and Texas is definitely in the mix there. And then lastly, Jaden Wayne, the five-star defensive lineman out of uh, uh, the Seattle area. Um, you know, he, he talks up a ton of schools if you, uh, if you talk to him in person or, or if you get him on the phone uh, for an interview. Um, but Texas has definitely kind of always been in the mix just because of his relationship with Pete Kwiatkowski. And I think having Joey Thomas on staff now as well could potentially help with that. Uh, Mike, do you have any perspective on that one? He loves recruiting. Um, I yeah. think Miami early on has, has probably got his heart, especially with Cristobal there. You know, Oregon was big for him early. He liked Texas. I, Pete Kwiatkowski was one of the first school coaches to offer him, so he's got the relationship there. I just think it's going to be a tough fight with, with Miami. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, that was all the names I had on that list. Obviously, uh, guys like Arch Manning and Will Randall at Isidore Newman, those are two guys at Texas is obviously uh, very – Yeah, I mean – Looking at other guys. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely put both those guys in, and I think we need to mention them before everybody freaks out if they hear this. Why didn't you mention Arch? Yeah. Um, the other one I, I, that I just talked about, DeAndre Moore. I think DeAndre Moore is, is an out-of-state kid that Texas is definitely in on and probably one that's going to – uh, punch my ticket for another flight out west uh, sometime this fall uh, or spring to go see LA and go see him. Um, and, and I would say Jalen Brown could be in that conversation, depending on how his visit goes once he gets down in the spring. I think that Texas has been a school that's kind of always intrigued him. He is a high academic kid, so um, they can push the academic angle. And um, I think he could be a guy. I don't think he's there yet, but I think he could be. Uh, before we get out of here, Nick, let's talk a little bit about the 2024 quarterback picture. You and I are both with with big notes on 2024 quarterbacks from this weekend. Uh, why don't you go first with uh, with what you've got on DJ Lagway? Yeah, absolutely. So I mentioned him a little bit earlier, uh, the 2024 quarterback out of Willis, um, DJ Lagway, uh, the uh, son of a former uh, Baylor um, defensive lineman. 
um, but uh, has picked up offers from Alabama, Penn State, Texas A&M, and some other major programs over the course of the last few months. Um, and uh, Texas had him on campus for their junior day event back in June. Um, talked to him a little bit after that visit. He liked what he saw. He loved the experience. But uh, Texas never offered, and, and still to this day they haven't offered. But um, decided I'd catch up with him just to see if there was any communication there. And I, to my surprise, there's been quite a bit of communication between uh, quarterbacks coach A.J. Milwee and Lagway. Uh, Lagway explained Milwee is one of the best relationship, uh, co coach relationships that he has in his entire recruitment process just because Milwee is somebody who was talking to him earlier than pretty much anybody. Um, so that's definitely something to watch there, especially with, you know, now with Rayola being in Arizona, there's no in-state 2024 quarterback offers on the picture in the picture. Um, and we've talked about it a ton, Mike, but, you know, Steve Sarkeesian coming in in the 2022 class, grabbing Malik Murphy, the 2023 class, if everything goes to plan, then let's say they get Arch. Then in the 2024 class, that would be the third class that he would have and still no in-state quarterback. So does he offer Lagway? Does he offer a different 2024 in-state quarterback? You know, that's kind of the question now uh, with Rayola out of state. Yeah. And so um, really the two priority guys right now in that class are Julian Sand and, and Dylan Rayola, both out of state guys, you know, talking. I talked to some people actually about Sand over the weekend. I think Texas will remain in that race for a while, but I, I really think from talking to people, it sounds like it may be USC's to lose, uh, especially now with Lincoln Riley there. I think say has just kind of always grown up in that Southern California area. USC has been a big school now with uh, a guy like Riley and his ability to, to develop quarterbacks. I think that they may be in the race. And then for Dylan Rayola, not a lot has changed. I, you know, I think people love to count Texas out of this one for some reason. Um, and it's a lot of people that have really never talked to Dylan or anybody around him. You know, it's uh, people will just automatically say, oh, Texas isn't in it. And it's, you know, it's very few people get access to Dylan family. I'm one of them. So I understand that, you know, they tell they, they don't say the same things that people seem to perceive. Um, I do think Texas is very much in it. I think it's like a foursome of Texas, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. Um, if I had to guess, I think that he would probably stay in the Southern half. So, um, and, and I think he's probably going to look a lot at what Arch Manning does, uh, especially because he's involved with a couple of those schools. Uh, Nebraska is also in there. I just don't see Nebraska being able to close it at the end. Uh, but who knows in this day and age, I do think that, you know, Texas is still very much in the picture. Milwee talks to, to Rayola quite often. Uh, they are planning a trip back down uh, sometime in the spring. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting. It's it's an interesting quarterback picture for sure. And, you know, they've got to get that 23 quarterback picture figured out first. But I could see them kind of adopting maybe the old Lincoln Riley model of we're going to get a big guy in one year. We may not take a guy the next year and uh, we'll take a guy the year after that and kind of go every other year. And if we got to fill a hole, we'll, we'll fill it in the transfer portal. I could see that if they, they missed out on Arch Manning, just kind of, you know, maybe foregoing and, and looking for depth somewhere else. Yeah. And I, I, this brings up something I'm going to go a little bit off script here, but if Texas were to miss on Arch Manning here in the 2023 class, I've been trying to rack my brain on some good plan B options that they would be able to pivot to. I thought about Austin Novosad, the uh, quarterback out of Dripping Springs, who's already committed to Baylor. But I talked to him over the weekend, seems really locked in with Baylor. I think even if Texas wanted to come into that race, it'd be tough to kind of pull him away. So what are some plan B options that you could prob probably see happen, Mike? Oh, man, the, the one I really liked is Jaden Rashada, who I saw over the weekend from Pittsburgh, California. But Texas just hasn't been able to get involved in, in 
you know, talking to Rashada, he mentioned that like four or five schools have told him you're number two on our board, but we're just waiting to see what Arch Manning does. Um, he's a, uh, you know, a kid I really liked watching throw the ball. I don't know that there are a lot of great options. The state of Texas is not stacked at quarterback um, in, in 2023. I'm not sure that there is an automatic, yeah, let's go get this option um, if we miss on Arch Manning. Uh, the only, but the only thing you could do is maybe go after a guy like Bo Edmondson from Lake Travis. And I think even Edmondson would be like a program guy. Like a, the plan would be, you know, we're going to, we're going to basically try to recruit over you in the next year. Maybe you'll stay around and be like a career backup, but I just don't feel like there's a top tier level guy uh, for them. Yeah, they would, Arch. They'd probably have to go out of state and find, you know, the random out of state guy, most likely. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? All right. Uh, anything else you want to go over from the weekend, Nick? Uh, no, I think that's about it. It was a loaded weekend for both of us, and it, it was uh, it was good to get back out to a really well-run seven-on-seven tournament and have some fun with it. It was uh, it was a blast this past weekend. Yeah, it'll be a big uh, month for that this next month. A uh, ton of seven-on-seven seven in Dallas and in Texas in general. So. Uh, we'll kind of see how that all breaks out. All right. Uh, we appreciate you guys for listening. We appreciate you guys for following along, for playing along. Uh, thank you to Taylor Estes for producing this. For Nick Harris, I'm Mike Roach. We will see you guys next week.